Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. We're gearing up for the Southern Conference basketball tournaments on Mox on the Mic. This week, we'll visit with both women's head coach Katie Burroughs and men's head coach Lamont Paris. Coach Katie Burroughs and her mocks have won four out of their last five, six out of their last eight. They'll open up the Southern Conference Tournament Thursday night against Furman. You, I want to go back to kind of the way the, the regular season ended. You guys were down against ETSU in the first half, and then you go on a 12-0 run to take the lead in the second quarter, and, and you had the lead at halftime. What changed for you guys in that second quarter? Well, I think the slow start was attributed to some of the issues that we had before the game, um, some COVID-related stuff that came up uh, late in warm-ups and things of that nature, and uh, had to test someone to make sure we had issues with an official that just wasn't comfortable. So anyway, pushed us back like an entire 40 minutes on our start time. And of course, at that point, you know, you kind of being on the road, kids can kind of lose focus. So it took us some time to get back refocused. But honestly, it was just, a, I think it just that first quarter was more of a okay, let's warm it up, get, get ready to go again. Uh, it was just kind of unorthodox, but um, knew that our kids would settle in and, and figure things out pretty quickly. So didn't make many changes. Um, obviously, just kind of uh, they had a couple kids that got hot, so we had to guard them a little bit tighter. But um, I'll tell you, our zone was really, really effective that game. We hadn't played a lot of zone this year, um, not as much as we played that game. So I was really pleased to see that that worked out well for us. You won four out of five, six out of your last eight to close out the regular season. Do you like where this team is right now going I into do. the tournament? Yeah, I do. I feel like uh, that our kind of our our motto lately has been consistency and trying to find that, you know, just across the board. And that's not just games. That's practice and, you know, just every day just bringing it. And, and I've challenged them with that, and they've accepted that challenge. And so, like I say, I've been really pleased with how we've been playing um, you know, challenge some individuals. I feel like some folks are starting to step up and uh, and and play really, really well. Uh, Dina being one of them. Uh, you know, we've got our usual suspects that that have contributed, but I feel like Dina's kind of settled in and, and is playing with so much more confidence since her injury. Um, and so I'm thankful to have her where she is at this point. Um, it, yeah, Ebony's coming off a little bit of an injury in that second Western Carolina game, I believe it was. And so she's she's trying to get her bearings back. She's starting to feel better. So I think she's going to um, produce more in the tournament. Um, so anyway, I'm just, uh, yeah, I think we've got a lot of pieces um, that are coming together. And hopefully we can uh, come together three times in four days. You know, looking at the way this season has kind of played out, I know the schedule is kind of strange. And I want to get your thoughts on that here in a few minutes. But this is about as wide open as, as anything that, that I think I've ever seen in the Southern Conference. Does it feel that way to you? Yeah, it's been really strange. Uh, in fact, I was talking with Carly Coons last night, a coach at Stanford, and uh, we are talking about how um, some of the teams that we've been playing as of late, you know, uh, ETSU, some of those kids got hot. You know, they, Mercer only beat them by three in that last game. Um you know, even uh, Greensboro doing some good things, Western doing some good things. You know, so even those that finished further down, they're starting to play really, really well. So this could be anybody's game. And honestly, I think we all hated the format this year. We were fortunate enough to get through it all. Um, there were only, I think, four of us 
three or four of us that actually played an entire conference season um, and the rest had to kind of settle for a few few less but uh, yeah I mean it's been crazy I think everybody's playing their best basketball right now so this tournament will be real interesting Samford and Mercer finished one and two you split with them in the regular season you had two at home against Samford you saw Mercer twice on the road I'm going to take it by what you just said that you didn't like the way this schedule set up this year no, and I think that was the consensus across the board. Um, you know, I, usually you play somebody, you've got a few more weeks before you got to see them again. And that, uh, I've, I've said this many times, with them playing back to back, you got a chip on your shoulder, you're ready to get rid of it pretty quickly, you know, and so it's still fresh on the mind. And so uh, it, it, it kind of, we've been on both sides of that, you know, where we lost the first game and ended up winning the second one and then winning the first one and losing the second one, you know. And so it's just been a real interesting setup. Um, don't foresee that being the setup in the future, uh, provided that COVID um, kind of gives us some relief. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not – I'm not a fan for sure. You split with Furman in the regular season, and that's, that's who you open the uh, Southern Conference tournament against. In the game that you guys lost – and it was a bit of an offensive struggle. I mean, I, I don't know that, that either side really shot the ball particularly well. How much of that was Furman and what they were doing defensively? How much do you feel like that was just an off night for you guys not shooting well? I would say, and this is not unique to the Furman game, uh, you know, we've, we've looked at this quite a bit lately, and what we're noticing is a trend in our percentages um, based on our quality of shot. And so uh, you'll notice, I mean, if you go back and look, there's very few, I don't think that we had, I don't know that we had a single series, maybe once where we really scored well both games. One game we scored well and the next we didn't. And what ends up happening, and this is something that I'm trying to get my kids to understand, is that if, you'll, if we'll stay the course and continue to move the ball and share the ball, because um, that's one of the things that we do really, really well within our conference. We, we've, we are you know, we're real high up there in the assist category. And so if we'll just continue to share the ball and not become individuals trying to create for ourselves, we get a better quality shot. Therefore, our percentage is higher. And, and so, um, and we've noticed that that's the trend, you know, with our wins, it's, it's our, it's our overall shooting percentage, three point shooting percentage more, um, more specifically and our assists. So um, everything else is kind of, it fluctuates, but those things in our wins, have been pretty consistent across the board. So if we can if we can kind of tame those things, we're going to be in good shape. Obviously, knowing that you're not going to make every shot you take, but can you get the best quality shot every possession? And I believe that if we can do that, we'll be very successful in this tournament. Turnovers has been a problem for you guys yeah. all year. Um, how concerned is that stat rolling into March? It's only a concern if we're not scoring because then we don't maximize on possessions. And so it, that's another one of those numbers that has fluctuated. And we've had high, high counts of turnovers. I just, it, I've had a hard time getting my kids to understand valuing the basketball. For example, in that last game at ETSU, you know, we were up pretty, pretty good. I'd say probably 15 at the time. And we're trying to thread the needle, making passes in transition, you know, crazy, like put some funky spin on it, bounce passes. And it's like, why? We don't need that. And those result in silly turnovers that really and truly we, we, we don't need to take those chances because we're, so, we're ahead. We need to value the basketball. And I think we just become too flippant with it. But, but once again, 
if we'll continue to – it goes hand in hand. If we'll move the ball and reverse the ball and share the ball, chances are that we're going to get good looks, therefore resulting in fewer turnovers. But, again, we've got to just understand – when are our moments to take chances and when not? No, we take too many chances, I'd say. <laughs> Is it just me? And I think if you go back and look at the numbers, I think her numbers are kind of similar. At least her scoring numbers may be kind of similar to what she did a year ago. But it just felt like we saw something a little different out of Abby Cornelius this year. Did you see that? Um, absolutely. If, and, I, and I want everybody to understand, you need to look at her entire stat line. Her shooting percentage is off the charts. So she's taking good quality shots. Um, her free throw percentage is good, but she rebounds the heck out of the ball and is actually in the top three and assists on our team. And so to have a forward be that for us from that position is big time. And then you can keep going, block shots. I mean, she cleans up everybody's messes in the paint. And so we're just so incredibly thankful to have her um, and her abilities out on the court. It's funny, you know, in talking with some of the coaches in our league, that she is one that they are super terrified of. They're like, oh, yeah, doesn't she need to go, like, back in the locker room for something? You know, just kind of jokingly because they see um, what – what good things that she does for us overall um, that, that maybe go unnoticed. And so, yeah, she's definitely developed herself into um, a high level player. And, you know, when we get her for at least another year, maybe two, if she wants it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm real pleased with, with her and, and the way that she's developed. She was so tough this year too. I mean, yeah. I think uh, that game, I think it was the game against UNCG, um, or that series, I guess, those two games against UNCG where things got pretty physical. And yeah. she really – I mean, she really more than held her own in, in both of those games. Absolutely. she. That was something that when she first came here, she was weak. And we, we told her, you're going to have to bulk up a little bit, you know, and not, I don't, we didn't mean that like a, like a football player, but, you know, as far as putting on that strength and being able to hold your own in the post – and then also just it, it was a struggle with her finishing at the basket too because she couldn't get up there and get up there strong and, and, and score with contact. She's doing both of those well now and, and also has extended her range and is shooting the ball more effectively from 15, 17, even three-point range. And so um, just, just really, like I say, she's a threat from all sides and on both ends of the floor. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have her. You go back to, I don't know, what was it, October, early November, whenever it was you and I spoke last, and I think I asked you then, like, when are we going to see Morgan Hill, and, and when are we going to see the real Morgan Hill, and I felt like through the second half of the conference season, one, I think your confidence in her started to grow, she started to play more minutes, but I thought, I think, I felt like we started to see really this is who she can be and how she fits in. I thought she played pretty well for you the last couple of weeks. Yeah, she has. She is one that we truly trust on the court, and she's not. She's not scoring effectively consistently, and so and, and that's not necessarily. I mean, we don't need her to do that all the time. She does have to finish better, and she can't be reluctant uh, to score. And so we've talked about that a little bit over the last few weeks too. I think she's. I'm starting to gain some confidence in that, but she is always in the right position defensively. 
Um, she's gonna, she's smart too, she, in, in that she, she understands when to switch, when not to switch. She pays attention to her teammates and what situations they're in. Um, you know, offensively, I think she's got a good mind. She makes good reads. So I, I think you're definitely going to see her again with that trust factor that we have in her. She's going to be a big factor for us in this tournament, uh, especially because we're going to, I mean, we're going to have to rely on a lot of different people with the times, the time slots that we're going to have for those first two games. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like she's going to she's gonna have a good tournament for us. Brooke Hample, somebody else I, I wanted mm -hmm. to bring up as well, another player that I thought as we went through the season, her play got better and we saw her more on the floor, I felt like. Yeah, agreed. I, I, she's got to uh, – there's a couple little things and miscues defensively that we've been working on with her um, and her awareness. But offensively, she's really starting to, to gain that confidence. She's getting to the rim. Um, she's strong, so she can finish with contact. Um, she's hit a couple of, you know, obviously some open threes with her feet set. Um, I, and one thing that Brooke doesn't use enough is her pull-up jumper. Uh, she actually has gotten really good at that, but it's something that she's not put into uh, put into play in games. And so I've been encouraging her to do that as well. Um, and, and the kid's an athlete. She can run the floor. She can get us – if she can get up ahead of everybody and attack, she'll be a force. I, I, really, I really feel like we could be getting – you know, four to six points out of her in transition uh, every game. And so, yeah, you're right. She's definitely one that is that is going to be effective for us. You open up Southern Conference tournament play against Furman. We we mentioned a, a little bit about the kind of the regular season series and, and how it went with, with those guys. Uh, if you follow Southern Conference women's basketball, you know about Tierra Hodges. Uh -huh. Give us the scout, though, on Furman and, and what you expect. Well, they're playing really good basketball right now. They finished the season strong, and and um, you mentioned Hodges. I, I've said this to a lot of people. She's probably my favorite player in the conference um, just because of all that she does. She scores. She rebounds. She's a leader for them. So she's definitely going to be uh, one that's going to carry them. But I'll tell you, they've had some kids step up. When, when, uh, when their starting point guard got hurt against us in that first game, uh, they had some kids rally around that. The freshman, Tate Walters, had to step in at the point guard position uh, because essentially she lost both uh, – Jackie lost both point guards in a matter of a couple weeks, one to a knee injury and then one to that ankle injury. Um, and so uh, so that kid as a freshman stepping in there and having to take on that role, she's done a really, really good job. And now that she's settled in that, I think they are playing – uh, better offensively, and there's more cohesion there. Um, you know, I, they've got some kids that can step out and knock down the, the three, but then they've also got Selena Taborn inside. Uh, just with her with her strong physical play, um, it, it's going to have to be matched. And so, uh, you know, are, we are 100% capable of winning this ball game, but they're capable of coming out and punching us in the mouth if we're not careful. So we've got to make sure that we match that energy um, and that we take away their strengths. And Jackie's also a really – it's funny. Uh, they refer to Coach Moore as this. I think she's very similar in that she, she has a lot of sets, um, and those kids run them very well. And we can't allow them to get comfortable and let her dictate what they're doing. We're going to have to pressure them some. So um, it's going to be an interesting uh, first round. Coach, best of luck. Appreciate the time. We'll talk again. Um, hopefully we can we can talk again, and you can show us that net after you cut it down. I sure hope that's the case, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. 
Chattanooga men's team closed out the regular season with 18 wins. The Mox head to Asheville for a Saturday showdown against ETSU. Here's Mox basketball coach Lamont Paris. You sit at 18 wins right now headed into the uh, the conference tournament. What would back-to-back 20-win seasons mean for you guys? Uh, it would mean a lot in, in terms of indicating uh, where you're headed as a program. Uh, I think would I, I think it'd be a tremendous achievement um, for our guys, particularly in a you know in a, in a year in a COVID year where uh, you're playing five less games to start, and you have two more that get canceled uh, and 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 not rescheduled during the season. So you 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 play a, a significantly uh, smaller number of games and to be able to get to 20 wins again. Um, I think that would go, I think that would be a tremendous accomplishment for this group. And uh, again, more importantly, I think it's, it says where you are, where you're headed, where the program's headed, what the direction is, what the expectations uh, are going to be as we move forward and what they've done. And so, um, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. It also means you're playing in a championship game at this point if you get to 20 wins. So uh, that would be an, it'd be a, a great achievement for us to be able to do that. How tough was this season for you, just from a roster management standpoint? You played the biggest part of the year with, with pretty, much a, pretty much a seven-man rotation, basically. How tough was it? Yeah, it's like nothing I've ever been a part of as a college basketball coach. I've been doing this since – in some way, shape, or form since 1996, 97. And it's like nothing I've ever, ever, ever been a part of. And uh, it's it's good to be on the other side of it now and look back and see what these challenges have been. And uh, so not only is it a shortened roster, but it's a shortened, different roster for so many different games. It'd be one thing if you said, hey, you're just going to have seven or eight guys the entire season. That would be a challenge but you're going to have these eight guys. And then this game, it's only going to be seven. And then it's going to be nine and it's going to be eight. And it's going to be a different group. Uh, the majority of those uh, uh, shortened rosters. So um, it was a big time challenge. You, you, as far as getting any continuity, uh, any sort of, uh, uh, you know, gelling as a team really makes that more difficult. So for the guys to, to have performed that the way they have underneath, uh, you know, uh, against that, I think is again very impressive. Um, super high level, super high minutes on some of certain guys have had to play. Uh, we've had guys had to start that never anticipated that they would be starting a college basketball game and had to start multiple games. And so it's just been uh, extremely challenging, um, but extremely rewarding too to have the guys have performed under those circumstances. For all the talk uh, back in October, November about how this season may go and the travel and testing protocols and all of that stuff, I think most people expect Chattanooga basketball to be good at home. The, the McKenzie Arena has been pretty good to this program over the years, but you guys were pretty solid this year on the road too. Um, why? What was that? Um, you know, I we, we had a pretty – we had a pretty consistent product, as crazy as that is going to sound, just because we spent the last minute talking about how inconsistent the roster was. <laughs> right. The product was pretty consistent. What I mean by that is that 
we played a similar brand and way and level and quality of basketball at home and on the road. And, you know, typically it doesn't always go that way. I think our product was pretty consistent um, and that allowed us to win some games on the road. Uh, you know, I, I think road games are a little bit different this year than what they, they, they have been. Uh, the home court advantage wasn't the same as it's always been um, just with, you know, some schools didn't have fans at all. Some had, you know, uh, uh, a small fraction of the fans that they would typically have. And so I think it was a little bit of that was may, may have played into it, but I do think that we, we, we produced a pretty consistent product that was, that, that, that played pretty much the same. You know, if you looked at it, it wasn't like on the road, we shot, you know, 20% from the field and at home from you shot 60% from the field. I think it was pretty, a pretty consistent product throughout the season. Was it a disappointment for you when the VMI game at the end of the season, the home game against VMI had to be canceled and you weren't able to play that? Um, was it a uh, was it disappointing or was it a little bit of a relief as in, okay, now now we can focus on a couple of days in, in Asheville? Yeah, no, I, we wanted to play. I think we wanted to play for a lot of reasons. One, we had, we had come off of – uh, a tough loss and two losses in a row. So we wanted to play a chance to give um, your seniors uh, their final home game. We wanted to play the final chance to, for your fans to see you for the season. So we wanted to play for that reason, um, a chance to solidify where you were going to the standing. So we wanted to play. We wanted to play for a lot of reasons. So we were disappointed that we weren't able to play in that game. Um, we were, we were still going to have a week, of, of prep no matter what. That game would have been Saturday and we wouldn't have played until Saturday. So we were going to have a week of prep regardless. So I think you, you, that would have been nice still uh, just to be able to play the game. Um, and then so that, but, but, you know, that's what it is. That's what this season has been. We've played 25 games. And, you know, as you told me that in November, I would have been skeptical that we were going to be able to do that. So uh, I feel really good about how we managed COVID ourselves as a team, as a program, as individuals on this team, and as a university in general. I, I, our, our, our staff and our medical staff and uh, uh, the stuff that we've been able to do, I think we've, I think we've managed it really well. Um, I give a lot of credit to our administration, to our, uh, our, our uh, training and medical staff here as well. You added Casey Hankton and Darius Banks during the season when the NCAA granted the, uh, the the blanket waiver and they were able to be eligible. What did those two guys give you this year? Um, I, I mean, the biggest thing I would, I'd say was a level of uh, physicality. I think that was probably uh, the biggest thing that those guys brought. But then you also have some, you know, a couple older guys. Uh, Darius has been in a lot of games. Uh, uh, been through a lot of practices he just added to the team um, from a practice standpoint. They're both good, positive, high energy guys. I think that was a big addition to the, to the team that way. Uh, aside from the fact that just pure depth of two more players, uh, two more human beings at all, let alone two good players. Um, guys are in your starting rotation now, but uh, uh, just guys that could do a lot and some versatility defensively. Um, they have versatility offensively too, but I, I think, and we had some of that, but I think it really strengthened our versatility from a defensive standpoint uh, when we added those guys too. So um, 
Uh, it's great, great additions to the team for us. Um, and then uh, just moved forward once that happened and, and, and still had some more uh, roster changes even from then or lineup changes, I should say, not roster changes, lineup changes even from then. Um, you know, uh, Casey, once he was in, then was out for a stretch of games. Uh, 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 Darius Banks didn't, didn't come back at the same time that KC did. Uh, then Josh Ayani goes out uh, for a couple games. Um, uh, so it just has been, it's been in a state of flux the, the entire time. But uh, those guys, those guys definitely, definitely added to what we're able to do on both sides of the ball. And more importantly, just to our overall uh, energy from a practice and, and uh, just the practice standpoint. The plan was for Darius Banks to sit out this year, kind of work on his game, and then be ready to go next year. How much of a sales job did you have to do on him, or did you do on him to to get him on the floor this year? Um, yeah, I, I think it was a, a a team effort. I know some of the guys were were you know taking uh, an interest in trying to get him to get out on the court. Uh, we were as well as coaches. I specifically spent some good time with him and talking with him and uh, with his mother and with his circle around him and just uh, trying to make him comfortable with with the plan that we had for him um, and that that this was a way that that plan uh, could be uh, enhanced. And so it was uh yeah, it was it was a lot of we all spent a lot of time um, with him and ultimately he felt comfortable with doing it. And so that was good. It was really good. But we were we were in complete support of whatever he wanted to do. He's a great kid. I love being around him. Um, good player. And and, uh, you know, I, I know he's not where he wants to be as a basketball player. His, his best days are ahead of him. I know that uh, it's a cliche. Everyone says that. But. Uh, this guy has a really high ceiling when it's all said and done. I think he can impact the game a lot of different ways. And some of those he may not be ready to do yet, but uh, but there's no doubt he's added a lot to our team, and we're glad to have him out there. We all saw the, uh, the social media um, posts that, that circled around on Facebook and on Twitter of, of you giving Jamal Walker the chance to – to get a scholarship, such a great kid. Uh, you, t- you talk about a positive person to be around. I think Jamal Walker certainly fits that bill. And he was, is a kid that stepped in and played a big role for you. Um, this year, a little bit about not just Jamal and his play, but, but really the development of him, uh, that you saw this year. Yeah. Jamal, first of all, I- I'll preface it all with what an incredible kid. He's just, He's the kind of kid that if you have children, you want them to be friends with. Um, he's the kind of guy that uh, when your daughter says she's going on a date, first date with a guy, you hope he's the guy that shows up at the door uh, to pick her up. Uh, he's just a great kid, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's earned a scholarship. I didn't give him that thing. He earned that. Uh, we, we, he had a huge upside and a big part of him coming here and us doing this with him was that one, we believed in his upside. And two, we knew the character of the the quality of character that he was as a human being. And so it made a lot of sense. He's taking a lot of strides and and his ceiling is still higher than anyone's on the entire team. Uh, it's just a higher ceiling, harder to get to, 
because um, he's further away from it than what most guys are to their ceiling. But if he gets to that ceiling, it's a really, really high ceiling. Uh, uh, but so that's from a basketball standpoint. He stepped in and started some games when we needed him to. He made some big time shots, some big time plays. Uh, you know, he made what turned out to be the game winning shot at in the UAB game. And he's made some big plays. But uh, it's just a great story um, with a, to have a local kid. He's, he's really serious about it basketball he's serious about his academics and his education he's got a really good family they've been through some struggles this year um you know his, his family had contracted uh covid at one point uh you know we had the times when we had the tornadoes here they were impacted by that in a major way and so what a great story it is for, for him to persevere through all that you know, to be a key contributor uh on a team when he probably uh 365 days ago, probably didn't anticipate that he'd be playing the role that he is for us right now. Well, it's round three with you guys in, in ETSU. You swept the regular season series, but uh, they were both uh, they were both nail biters. You you won both. I believe they were both two point games. If if memory serves, how tough will it be now going on a neutral floor and and having to face these guys for a third time? Well, facing them anywhere is going to be hard. They have a good team. Uh, you know, it's it's tournament time. You throw. I think you throw everything else out. I think you throw how you performed against them completely out. Everyone's motivation is is clearly going to be at its peak. Not that it ever maybe wasn't for any either team, but uh, but yeah, there's there's going to be maybe added motivation. You feel like for them to beat you because you've beaten them twice this year and in the rivalry, but. The, the 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 motivation that supersedes all that is is knowing that if you lose you hang your uniforms up in the locker room for a whole year and so uh motivations are going to be high in every single game in this tournament but yeah it'd be fun to play them again uh again two really good battles with them i thought uh, in, the, in the first game that we played them we played well we managed the game really well until the end um, and then they took, they ended up taking a lead, but we had, I think, a 16-point lead in that game at one point and had done some good stuff. And uh, so we'll look forward to, to, to matching up with them again. we got a good team. And uh, it'll be round three. Round three will be, will be exciting. I know Greensboro, it goes in as the number one seed. Do you view them as the favorite? I mean – it's the NCAA tournament. It's the conference tournament. I don't view it. There's no favorite. Uh, I just don't. I mean, we were having this conversation yesterday just with my assistant coaches and one of them was talking about, oh, Gonzaga and blah, blah, blah. I said, guys, you know, this is the tournament. So you'll get out there and whoever plays better, that's who's going to win. Um, it's particularly this year, there's so much parity in our conference. Even you look at Western and how they finish the season. Um versus their record during the regular part of the conference play. So I just don't, there's, I don't, I don't see a favorite. I don't think anyone can go in there thinking that there's a favorite. Um, you know, I'm a college basketball coach. What am I, who am I to say who's a favorite? Who's, I mean, I got to play who, who else who they tell me in the bracket, but I don't see a favorite at all. I just, you know, it's going to be a lot of good games, a lot of good games, very competitive. We'll finish up with you, Coach. Uh, how important is it or how big was it for you guys to to avoid that 
being one of those bottom four teams and having to play Friday, the fact that you get that extra day of, of preparation, maybe an extra day of rest, and, and you're looking at only having to play three games in three days. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, I don't, uh, to my knowledge, there hasn't been a team that won all four games and then ended up winning the tournament that way. So that's the first thing that you want to do, uh, uh, one, one less game um, to have to win. Um, so that's, I think that's important, but it was also not just to av- avoid that game, but you have goals that you want to achieve. And, you know, as crazy as it is, we're two games out of first place in the loss column, if I'm correct. Right. So that's how crazy jumbled that this, this conference, um, was this year. And so, you have a lot of goals and what you're fighting for and what you're playing to win every single game one at a time in, in, in an attempt to achieve a goal of winning a conference. And so uh, I, while I think it's important that, that we've, we've earned uh, a, a buy in the first round, I don't think that that was really ever a motivation for us uh, to specifically do that. We had some other goals that we were trying to achieve byproduct of those uh, achieving any or coming close to achieving those goals is that we don't play on the first day, which is which is good. That's welcomed by us and we'll, we'll gear up and we know who we play and we'll have a week to be fresh and practice and get after it. Coach, appreciate the time. Best of luck. No problem. Thanks. Thanks to both Coach Burroughs and Coach Paris. Best of luck to both teams as they head into tournament play. As always, thanks to our producer, Tate Johnson, and thanks to you for joining us this week. Until next time, so long. And go mocks. Thanks for listening to Mocks on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.